All right, guys, huge episode. It's finally here. The 2021 Nordy Awards are here. We will tell you the winners of every important category of the most prestigious awards in all of podcasting. We talk Book of Boba Fett and the return to Hogwarts special. Here we go. Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How are you guys? Doing well, man. I'm great. I'm so excited for this episode, you guys. I'm so excited too because it's finally here. The 2021 Nordies are here. The the most prestigious awards in all of podcasting. I would agree. Um, I don't even know of any others. So I mean, for me, this is like top of mind. Uh, everybody's dying for these awards, dude. Everyone needs to know the best of the year. You see a lot of these best of lists. But this is the one that you need. This is the water cooler talk. This is what you need to go to work with. This is what you need to be watching. This is what you need to be talking to your friends about. The Nordies are here. We're going to dive into them in a few minutes. But before we do, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordies Podcast. Also, subscribe anywhere that you guys get your favorite podcast from and get the Nordies Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. Thank you. Deal. What a deal. I can't wait. Can't wait to pot it up with you guys each and every week to interact with listeners. 2022, I think, is going to be a fantastic year for the pod. Banner year. Banner year. All right, guys. So uh, we're all at our own homes today. What are you guys drinking tonight? So um, I am, we're celebrating. This is a big night. This is a, a big night. And I just thought, let's go over to some whiskey. So I'm drinking a, a Four Roses which is something I found that I really like with just some ice. It's like super tasty and drinkable. So that's what I'm doing. Cheers, you guys. Cheers. I like that. Um, I am in Duluth, Minnesota at Blacklist. Oh. Uh, known for like very potent beers, but this one's a little bit more dialed back. This is their Hazy Project, New England style IPA. Um, it's really good. I have not had a, a Hazy beer from Blacklist yet, but this one is like pretty legit. Only like 6, 6.7% good beer. All right. All right, guys, I'm way up north with our friends at Junkyard. Thankful that they are now canning all of their beers. And this time I'm drinking Rare Nectar. It's a mango pineapple dragon sour, and it's really good. Beautiful. Rare Nectar? Yeah, Rare Nectar. Good stuff. So, guys, we are going to get into the Nordies in a few minutes. But before we do, we're going to talk about a few big news stories. First up, we need to start with death of Betty White. Mm, Betty White, R.I.P. Betty White, what, what... what would people know Betty White from best? Golden Girl. I feel like if you just watched any cameo, like or any like funny movies or shows, she was always popping up. Like just pop culture in general. I mean, she spanned from, you know, the boomers all the way down to like, I think people that are maybe like 18 would know of her. Um, certainly as a 35-year-old dude, I've just she's just been ubiquitous. She's always just been around and been super funny. She was one of the first TV hosts. That was a female that also had like um, an African American uh, man that was a co-host, and people didn't like it in you know God knows when the fifties. And she was like tough s, you know, just mm-hmm. deal with it. Um, she was on the Mary Tyler Moore show, which is like uh, very you know close to the hearts of Minnesotan. Um, mm-hmm. She played um, on the Golden Girls, someone who was from you know Saint Olaf, Minnesota, which I don't think is a real town. I mean, obviously we have the, the Saint Olaf College. Um, in north hmm. and then um she uh she was rose i think right on the golden girls 
Um, yeah. And then, like Jimbo said, she's just kind of been like, she was in like the proposal, Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds. And like, mm-hmm. just, uh, she hosted SNL when she was 90 years old. Like, I mean, she's just all over the place and she's a revered icon and, uh, rightfully so. Yeah. She almost made it to a hundred, um, in kind of funny comedic timing there at the end. She was actually going to be on the cover of People Magazine to celebrate her 100th birthday, uh, which was going to come out like today or like very soon because uh, her birthday is in like two weeks or something. So they, they published just a little early and it's kind of like one last ironic joke from her, some kind of, you know, morbid joke that she would probably appreciate. I also heard a funny or read a funny uh, meme that was like, I don't believe that Betty White died. I believe she grabbed 2021 by the throat and dove into the fires of Mordor to burn herself, <laughs> you know, or whatever. Like, I thought that was kind of cool, too. But she's already Betty the White. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. she can't come back now. I don't know. Yeah, but I love that. All right, guys. Well, RIP to Betty White, an absolute icon. Um, next up, guys, HBO Max. Boy, oh, boy, did they have a great year. They gained $45 million new subscribers that is insane i mean i remember Crushed. when we were talking about like disney plus numbers um i think this made what did the, the article said that it makes it the 10th most downloaded app of 2021 hbo max a streaming app not like between all the games well i guess a lot of the yeah. a lot of the candy crushers probably already have it downloaded so um you know they're not <laughs> re-downloading it but just auto updates for me yeah, yeah but, but uh, no in all seriousness like um I think this is a very, like, in terms of the do we care, I think we should all care because this is going to give financial viability HBO to continue to pump out legendary TV show after legendary TV show. And uh, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I do care. All right, guys. And then uh, Marvel Studios is trying to get No Way Home in 2022 Oscars. Uh, do you think that this movie is worthy of some Oscar buzz? I think it, it could be. Um I don't know. Sometimes they put popular movies in there. I think it is really good and it's well acted. Um, I could see it more likely that Willem Dafoe gets a, like a little supporting actor nom than the movie itself. You know, it's going to be nominated for sound and for costumes and for CG for sure. So it will get some Oscars, um, but they want it for best picture. And I think the last time like a really popular movie won was when Lord of the Rings Return of the King won. I felt like that was like a crowd pleaser with CG and Epic, uh, that would maybe be the closest parallel we could find. I mean, I think Dark Knight was nominated, um, but it didn't, you know, didn't win. So I don't know. I think it's well, possible. Gonna, I bet it doesn't make it. I bet it doesn't lose. get a nom. It's probably going to lose to the Batman. Yeah, there we go. But, uh, there we go. Let's hope so. Remember when... That would be great news. Remember when Mad Max Fury Road won basically every category other than Best Picture? And it was kind of a yeah, there you job go. in that regard anyway. And it was and it was the best movie of the decade. <laughs> Absolutely. According to Absolutely. Us. I still stand by that. Why not? I'm sticking I with it. I have to say that, that we've been a little bashful about that, but every person that I've talked to was like, no, that was a good choice. I love that movie. I think you're yeah. the only one that's bashful about it, Eric, because you, I think you just look at, you see I it as like Mad Max Fury Road. I can't believe we picked that as our movie of the decade. Dude, it was kind of a banger. It was a banger. It, it did feel like it. It we compromised its way to the the you know winner, but um, hey man, we None came to an agreement, which is impressive. We have to come to many agreements tonight, so let's do it. I can't right. wait. Let's move on to hot wrecks and not wrecks. We have to start with Disney Plus's new Star Wars series, The Book of Boba Fett. Yep. Yes, we do. It came out. 
It came on. Right. Who wants to go first? Yeah, we haven't really talked about this. I'll go first. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it the really positive take, and mm. I really enjoyed the show. I or the pilot. Um, I feel like there is a lot of different directions that we can go with this show. Uh, most of them being really positive and fun. Um, I thought it was really cool to see the like how it happened getting out of the Sarlacc. And then seeing the storyboards that they had with like sort of the illustrations, um, I don't think that any of that was a surprise. Uh, but I thought it was really cool to see. again, once again, proving my theory: nothing safer than falling into a pit, whether it's a sarlacc pit, a gravity pit. <laughs> you're gonna be fine eventually. Um, but I yes. feel like that while maybe the show was a little slow and predictable initially, I feel like we have this, um, we're, we're like coming through a small tunnel and once we poke our heads out, we will be able to go in many different directions. And so I'm excited to see where it can go. Mm -hmm. um, if not, even if the initial uh, product that we saw was a little bit predictable, um, I feel like it was still fun. I feel like Star Wars is still heading in the right direction and somehow this is going to intersect with Obi-Wan and I can't wait. I right. thought that the show was, it's going to be good, but I thought this first episode was quite this boring. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't leave me excited in any way. Like they didn't have some reveal at the end of the first, they were like, oh man, we can't show more than the first 15 minutes because so much is going to be happening. And it's just like, I don't, they really, have said that. I don't think sure. they really gave me anything in that first episode. I, I have faith that it will be a good show. And yeah. it looks great. It looks just like the Mandalorian stuff. It has all of the the writing is on the wall that this is going to be interesting and important. But I, I kind of thought that they really didn't give us much in episode one. I was I would say I was disappointed, but I know that I, I think I'll be happy. Um, I was pretty bored. I didn't ha actually have super high expectations until the director had came out and said that. Like, look, you guys, I mean, even in the first episode, we couldn't show stuff. It's like, no, you definitely could have. Like, there was nothing. Um there was action scenes that looked like it was, you know, they were like fighting putties or something. Yeah, like, a little hokey. Um, little, like the little scene, hokey. I agree with that. The shields, yeah. a little hokey. Um, some of the sets were cool, obviously. They had to take some time and explain, this is not a spoiler because you knew they were going to do it, which is another thing that wasn't surprising. What exactly happened in the Sarlacc pit, right? We had to get that out of the way. Um, mission accomplished. From then on, it was like some kind of pointless comedy of errors where you know he's going to survive, like this group of people got him and then this people like how many times were people going to stumble upon his body before he actually died in the desert whatever um i was not impressed uh i'm going to continue to watch his show because i'm fucking shameless and i will subject myself to way worse than this you guys have seen me stick through shit that's just unbelievably trash so i'm gonna watch it i don't think it's that bad i just wasn't uh i wasn't inspired i wasn't impressed i'm not super motivated to watch more i'm not checking like wait which which day does the new episode drop I'll get to it. It'll be fine. I hope it grabs me at some point, but uh, so far, not very the inspired. The thing I disagree stuff. with is that um, while, I, I mean, I agree with 95% of what you said, I think that when he got captured, I don't care about spoilers, but he got captured by the sand people. It's another one of those scenarios of like, mm -hmm. this group of people that we, we, we felt about a certain way, because that's what the previous movies told us, and like maybe the show is kind of exploring a different side of them that's not necessarily what we envisioned. Yeah. And I think that was cool. Um, I They did that already in the Mando, dude. They already did that. He worked with them. I know, but so, I'm just saying, like yeah. it's 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 a different take on Star Wars and this is yeah. this is 
Filoni and and Favreau. So I've, in them, I trust. Um, maybe I the do. maybe the hype. I think if this show had come before Mandalorian, we would have loved the first episode a lot more than mm-hmm. having already. I mean, it's, it's a little bit of a retread of Mando, but I'm still excited. Yeah, it is. I mean, one more just thing to add. It's like when Mando was first coming out, we're like, wait a minute. This isn't even Boba Fett. Why are we going to care about this yeah. fucking dude? And now we get Boba Fett and we're like, Mando is way better. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I, we're just as fickle as, as they expect us to be, unfortunately. But uh, I I mean, I'm excited. I'm glad we have a weekly big show that we're all going to watch and talk about. It is fun, but I just I just wish Something it was more has exciting. to bridge you, Jimbo, to your future greatest show of all time, which is Obi-Wan. So deal with it. I don't need this show to enjoy that show. That show is going to be standalone, <laughs> the greatest thing that's ever hit TV. And if it's not, massively disappointment. Yep. All right, guys. Another big thing that dropped this week was... HBO Max's Harry Potter Return to Hogwarts, the 20th anniversary uh, Harry Potter films. Was it out. just a clip show? I didn't watch it. I Did you guys it. watch it? I watched it, and I loved it. Really? Why? I really liked it. It's mostly just... Is Rupert Grint like, a fascinating no. individual? I thought they all were. I thought they were all great. I thought it was really okay. fun. This was just an interview with the cast, mostly talking about the process of getting cast and making the movies and their memories of all of it. And I thought it was extremely charming. It was really fun to see some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. It wasn't too long. Um, I kind of thought it was going to be like this long like reunion. It's kind of what I was expecting. I thought it was going to be like all of these people seeing each other for the first time. But it really was mostly like, hey, this was our experience. We had a lot of fun making this. And I thought they just did a really nice job with it. And it, for whatever reason, um, I was definitely the audience for this. And I really liked it. I think it was if, – if you're a Harry Potter fan – I can't imagine um, you thinking that this was bad, but maybe Ryan will will say. No, I think I think um, <laughs> it was it was really interesting to see um, or to hear like everyone's opinions, like looking right because that it's one thing to be like in the moment to talk about it, but they were all like little kids, right? But to hear them like as adults reflecting on what happened, uh, I will say I think there was way too much Chris Columbus in the first forty five yes. minutes where you're like. Yes. Um, is this the only guy they're going to interview? Did, I mean, you realize there were other characters. Too much Chris. I mean, I realize he did the first two films, you know, and, and kind of got the whole, you know, snowball rolling downhill, but it was like a lot of Chris Columbus. And I'm like, okay, I want to hear from Emma Watson and JK Rowling and how she feels now yeah. about things. Where was that? JK Rowling, they really <laughs> wanted you. This is a spoiler I'll give you. They really wanted you to know that the interviews that they had with J.K. Rowling were done in 2019. Yeah, I heard about the disclaimer every time she popped every up. Every time she popped up, it was like recorded in and, 2019. And they, all the people that uh, were like involved in the show call her Joe. Nobody, they don't call her J.K., they really? call her Joe. And I was like, oh yeah, Joe was on set and we were talking and it's like, oh my God, that's so weird. But it was... That's weird that she would pick a name like Joe because there's not too, it's not a really well-defined gendered name. I think she would really stick with Joanne. <laughs> Can't believe she would let her catch herself slipping like that. Maybe that's why she changed her name to JK is because she didn't want to <laughs> feel like Pat from SNL. <laughs> there you go. Which also wouldn't right. fly these days. Overall, guys, I think this was definitely a wreck. If you like Harry Potter, I can't imagine that you would dislike this. It was really, it was simple, but it was fun to look back and to learn some of the behind the scenes stuff and to, you know, watch the the characters that you grew up with. Um, 
kind of talk about how it was for them. So I thought it was good. I think it was well, definitely and, and, right. and not only that, like they kind of revisited some of the sets and some of the actors and actresses who played various parts, like um, Helena Bonham Carter, you know, who uh, weirdly sounds like Beatrix in real life. Um, and I forget the actor's name who played uh, Hagrid, who looks terrifyingly different than Hagrid, but the voice sounds the same. Like all that stuff is like very shocking. Uh, and Draco Malfoy, mm-hmm. uh, whoever played him, like being like uh, Tom Fenton, yeah, was like he a, a sweetie? normal dude, like like totally cool. But like, I still think if I saw him in real life, I'm like you motherfucker, you know what I mean? Like he still, has, yeah. he still, he, he still has that very punchable face. Yeah. Okay, I think that this is my favorite part of the whole thing. Which character do you think Harry Potter shot his shot with on set? Luna. Luna. Nope. Oh, you know? What? Yes. It was Bellatrix. No. No. Yes. Oh, yes, you mean on the, the the reunion? No, she read a text message from him from 10 years earlier. Oh, I missed the miss from that. The I don't thing. know how I like, he was like, He was like, I've had the best time working with you. I feel like if I was just 10 years older, I would have been born 10 years earlier. Wow. Daniel Rackley shot his shot as a teenager with Helena Bonham Carter. I love that. I love it. All right, uh, Ryan, you need to reach out to a very specific subgroup of our followers who want to know all about yeah. rock climbing. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you guys, 2022, announcing the Northeast Rock. It's a rock climbing podcast brought to you by who, Ryan. Who knows nothing about rock climbing <laughs> at all. <laughs> Huge fan, though. All right, anyways, to set you okay, up for what so you're looking at. This is called 14 Peaks. It's a Netflix documentary. It's like a tight hour 40. Not too bad. Not too long. So this mm-hmm, is about mm-hmm. a Nepalese Sherpa named Nim. Um, I forget his full name, but his nickname is um, he. So the there are 14 peaks in the world that are over 8,000 feet in height, obviously. Um and the last guy to climb all 14 of them took like 16 years to do it. Um, something Magnuson, some German guy. Um, and he did it over the sure. course of basically his climbing year. Um, Nims wanted to climb them all in seven months. And so this dude climbed like these six peaks in like Pakistan area. And then he climbed a bunch in the like the Nepal, Tibet area. And then there was a few that were in, like, China, Russia, like, a little bit further uh, east. Um, and so it's a wild ride. It These people are certifiably insane to try and do this. And right. there's a story of when they start to climb Mount Everest that they had done the previous six peaks in Pakistan, and they had kind of been partying a little bit. And so they were kind of hungover and tired, but they were just like, eh, fuck it. Let's let's go up Everest anyway. So they climbed Mount Everest half hungover and tired. Dude, I can't even hardly do that. I wouldn't take a helicopter from like base camp one to base camp two hungover on like Mount Everest, let alone try to climb it. I've called into work for us for sure. So it's a pretty cool doc. It's pretty quick. Um it's interesting. What Uh, what, where's it streaming? It's interesting, it's fun, it's 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 light. Like, there's not a lot of heavy, you know what I mean? It's not like, oh, we encountered 17 frozen bodies on the way, you know what I mean? It's just sort of like, here's yeah. the journey, here's the goal, here's how we get there. And it goes kind of quickly. Beautiful. Some of these wrecks get heavy, by the way. 
the alpinist got very heavy um and i was a little shocked by that you could have made i mean i I know you didn't want to spoil it and i'm probably i i don't know if i text you after but i was like ryan what the fuck i couldn't i couldn't but did you watch watch the rescue i'll watch this then Okay. No, I didn't. I saw it lined up today, and I didn't know if it was. It's on Disney Plus, but I was with my kids. I was like, maybe not with the kids. I don't know if it's okay. All right, all right. Um, You guys are both watching Station Eleven. We've talked about it multiple weeks now, but how much of a the hottest of wrecks for me? Yeah, it's a hot wreck for me. It's very good. It's like what I was really hoping that um, that show, the Why the Last Man, was going to be. Yes. But why the last man sucked? Like it and does this is every, excellent. It does everything the opposite of why the last man, and it's very good. <laughs> it's really good. It's really good. There is like this whole angle of like, um, like a old fashioned troupe of actors and actresses. Um, but it's really it's not a huge part of it. It's more just to introduce their characters and have them something to do and all that. It's not like you have to be a fan of classic theater to to enjoy it. But it is part of it. Um, Mostly it's just incredibly badass and I care a lot about these people I've never met and aren't real. And I'm like, they motherfucking the better live. they tell it too. Like we have done um, multiple shows that have like different timelines. And I've, this is again, not a spoiler. We've already talked about this. It starts off right away. Um, but I think this is one yep. of the shows that does a really good job of treating that multiple timeline stuff uh appropriately without it being without it trying to be confusing it's It's like no we're gonna we're gonna be upfront about it like we're gonna be open and transparent and you're gonna know when we switch and you know come back or or what have Mm. you so yeah it's really it's really brilliant i can't wait to see i hope it has like a like a cool shocking ending that gets me like incredibly amped for season two because this is not a one-off this is something that i hope does a five season run yeah Great show. Station 11, HBO Max. It's a hot wreck. Hottest, hottest of wrecks from Ryan. All right, guys. Um, and then finally, Ryan, you watched uh, Don't Look Up on Netflix, the new movie with Jennifer Lawrence and Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, Adam who's McKay. the director of this again? Adam McKay Adam wrote and directed, yeah. Um, I've watched most of it. I need to finish it tonight. Uh, but so far, I think it's good. I've, I've been interested in it. I think it's been a lot of fun. It's made me think a lot. It was, it's a lot like the big short in that way. Um, what have you I really so like it. Are you- yeah, I've, no, I finished it. And I finished it in one sitting. And I, the, the entire time I was watching it, it was like, I don't understand why the critics dislike this movie so much. Um, no, well, I don't think they do. Like, Rod, I think Smith it's okay. It's like gotten 56. mixed reviews. But no. Audience? Critic. Audience was critic. like 77 oh, wow. Interesting. last I looked. And so I was just, I was just a little taken aback okay. because, like, it's not like an overtly funny movie, but it's like satirical. And, and I got all of that. I loved, um, Helen Mir. No, um, well, Meryl Meryl Streep was great. Uh, Whoever was the news anchor. Um, she was fantastic. Oh yeah. Yeah. She's, uh, yeah. I think, I I think it's really fun where I'm at. And I think that like, it's, it's, um, the way it's talking about the world and it's like take on, on modern society is so interesting and perfect. And all of the things that are, are issues or could be issues, um, are, you know, brought to light in a way that I find that is like humorous, but is taking a serious critique of the world. It feels like a, feels world. Like a very, uh, yeah. allegory, right. Of, um, right. Of trendy Twitter 
uh, hashtag of don't look up started trending. And so all the people that don't want to acknowledge that it exists uh, just bury their heads in the sand. And like, it just, it was, it's the perfect, like, and it was, it was done humorously, but also with like a big middle finger to the people that aren't paying serious attention to some of these things. Um, I thought it was really well done. I thought Leo did a great job. I thought J-Law was back. Like, she was, like, in her element. I thought she did a really good job. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. Tyler Perry, Jonah Hill. Jonah oh Hill. God. I've never so seen someone funny, be right? such a big asshole that I wanted so much more of in my life. Like, Dude, he just ad-libbed, like, all of that, too. Like, the whole, like, where he shakes Jennifer Lawrence's hand and is like, thanks for dressing up. <laughs> You know, for their meeting with the president. And that was like, like that shit is. And Jennifer Lawrence didn't know that was coming when she did it. And she like managed to like, the camera wasn't on her face for the, the, like that line. And she's like, thank God, because I instantly lost it. And it was like the end of the scene and it was perfect, but she was going to, she was worried she blew the take. Like, I don't know. It seemed like it was fun to make. I enjoyed watching it. It was definitely satire. It was silly though, without being like really funny. So sometimes it pulled me out of it a little bit when I found myself getting more into like the serious aspect of it, then it's like really goofy all of a sudden with like, okay, well all that stuff seemed believable, but that's just really goofy, but okay. Um, Timothy Chalamet pops up. That's fun. I I just think that like the reason that I think what's cool about McKay though, is that he takes serious subjects and he does, he talks to you about it in a serious way through humor and through like you being shocked that celebrities doing it. And right. I think that, like, very few people could get away with making the things that he does. And um, it's just another good example. So I, I actually thought for a Netflix yeah, movie, I this was it. really I mean, cool. if I've been a Rotten Tomato score, it's like, it's like an 86. Yeah. For, like, really, really strong. Okay. I'd probably put right. it at, like, an 83. All right. It, it is time, guys, for the Nordies. And uh, Jimmy Channels is going to lead the Nordy Awards this year for us, like he always Can't does. Wait. What are we starting well, with? You guys, we have something like 10 categories. Um, it ranges from you know, a lot of TV and movies and we do, we get to do some, some beer in there, some local restaurant stuff and some sports. Right. So um, I'm going to try to jump around a little bit. So it's not going to all just be the TV at the beginning. It's going to be mixed up, but we are going to start with the Nordy for best actor, or as we say, actor of the year. So which of these dudes had the best year? I'm going to read through them. If you guys are ready, Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, he was in such things as power of the dog where he may win an Oscar he was in the biggest grossing movie of the year with Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, Timothy Chalamet, who was in Don't Look Up. We just talked about it. He was starred in Dune. Uh, he was in the French Dispatch. Lake Heath Stayfield, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, The Harder They Fall. Big year for him. We have the double hitter of Kieran Culkin and Brian Cox, who did Succession together and a couple other things each. And Will Smith, who finally nailed a serious role with King Richard. So um, out of these... Maybe we'll just throw it to Ryan. Ryan, who do you want to give the Nordy to? Let's argue. Man, about it. I really want to give it to Chalamet. I feel like um, I feel like you think he's he arrived? deserves it, but I really think um, after having watched The Power of the Dog, it, it should go to Benedict. Okay, I agree. My my vote is Benedict. My he's vote, in uh, one of the movie that's gonna maybe get all the awards and the other movie that's gonna win all the fucking money, like the highest grossing twelfth highest grossing ever. Eric, where, what do you think? I think that um, it, it's only between Cumberbatch and Chalamet. I probably yeah. would give it to Chalamet as I think that he probably has um, taken up the mantle of the top leading man in movies at this point. Um, he's parts of massive franchises and only more mm-hmm. will follow. 
Um, but Cumberbatch is probably the best actor in the world. And I think he has been for some time now. Um, he's yeah. been putting up um, award-winning performances for uh, you know, the better part of a decade, if not longer. And I would, he'd be my number two pick. And so one, one, two, it's got to go to Benedict Cumberbatch. That's a beautiful thing. You, it's it's an easy thing to argue that Timothy Chalamet has arrived to a level because he hadn't really starred in a big blockbuster type of movie yep, like and, Dune, and, and he I'm nailed glad, it. I mean, we're all pretty much like yeah. in lockstep on that one, saying saying the same thing, yeah. only different. All right, so let's knock out actress of the year, um, and then we're going to move on to some kind of local stuff. Okay. Uh, actress of the year. We have Rebecca Ferguson, who we loved in Dune. She was in Reminiscence. Uh, she worked a lot this year. We have Zendaya, who nailed it in Malcolm and Marie, like this kind of indie thing. Um, she was in Space Jam, Dune, also in Dune and Spider-Man No Way Home, right? So huge part, bigger part than Doctor Strange, probably, in the Spider-Man movie. Um, we have Jennifer Coolidge, who is like so great. She was in, um, well, she pretty much killed it in White Lotus, and did a bunch of other work as well. I mean, she was so good in that show. Uh, Kate Winslet, absolutely back with Mayor of Easttown. Um, Haley Steinfeld, who we've seen in a ton of stuff, including two nominees, Arcane and Hawkeye. Um, love her. I think she's totally arrived. And then Sarah Snook from Succession, who's just fantastic on that as well. Um, this time I'll throw it to Eric. Do you have a frontrunner pick in mind? Zendaya is the easy pick here. She's the biggest star in the world at this point. Whether she's a small part of a movie or a large part of a movie, if she's on a television show, anything she touches turns to gold. She is getting the biggest parts in the world. And um, the parts that she had that weren't big enough, she'll only get larger roles in the future in those. Um, I think she probably, I'm not saying she's the best right now, but she's the biggest actor in the world. Uh, Ryan, I do you have any counterpoints really. to that? Um, again, I feel like yeah. it, uh, Rebecca Ferguson is very similar to Chalamet, uh, considering they starred in the same movie together as Mother and Son. Um, I would like to give it to her. I just yeah. don't think she had a big enough year as a Daya. And right, she might have had her best year ever, but it wasn't. Didn't that's really a great put way. That's a great that way these to other guys it too. did. And like Zendaya's role, while minimal in Dune, um, is significant to the overall storyline and played a major role, uh, you know, in the end of the first film. So um, I think it's Zendaya, like Eric said, I, kind of an easy choice, really, when you think about it. Again, this is no disrespect to any of the other knobs with, uh, you know, Jennifer Coolidge and so on, but Zendaya is just on a completely different stratosphere. She is what Emma Stone was, you know, six years or five years ago, four years ago, where um, the biggest, the biggest it girl, you know, you can possibly imagine. Yeah. All right. Well, it's nice. Hey, that's a three for three. I agree. It's Zendaya. She wins the Nordy. Um, Nice to come to a unanimous consensus on that. All right. Let's get into some local awards. All right. Uh, We're going to start out with beer of the year. This is always our hardest one because we drink so many beers which puts us in two places. One, a good position to choose the beer of the year because we tried all of them. Uh, Number two, it's tough because we tried so many to remember them when it comes time to do our voting. Here's what we came up with. Um, We have Mosaic Liquid Crystals from Modest. We have Invisible String from Modest. Luxury of Restraint from Fair State. We have the Watergate Salad Sour from Fair State. We have Ancient Old Painless from Falling Knife. Ghost Step Stout from Falling Knife, 
And then the Jurassic Park beer uh, that came out from Blackstack and Toppling Goliath. Very special beers. I do remember these now that we came up with them. I remember the impact they had on me, which is tough because, like I said, we trust so many. So anybody have a favorite they want to put forward? Yeah, this is this is really hard. It's, um, it's hard. I have I have two in mind. I'd be very happy with, with can giving we, the award. I can, can tell you guys like, what they uh, are if you like. All collaborate yeah. and it's the same one. Well, for sure. I mean, we definitely can. I was going to go with either Invisible String from Modest or I was going to go with the Jurassic Park beer. Yes, those were the two I was going to pick too. It's <laughs> nice. nice. Well, then the, we can have the a tiebreaker. Uh, Ryan, why don't you? It was almost perfect. And it was so exciting too, right? It was so exciting to have Toppling Goliath come into town and, well, because, and do a beer. Because the whole, like, I think you know, you know Sue the Dinosaur was fantastic and they had to tie it in and they were like, let's just go Jurassic Park. And I think that's just, that's just an easy one. Like some of those beers on that list, I, I absolutely loved. Um, but to, to bring in our, our yeah. sisters from the South, from Decorah, right. Iowa, it's sort of like, you know, Moorhead, Minnesota. Like, eh, we kind of pull them in and pretend they're part of the game. So I'm good with that. Yeah. And, you know, th- there's a precedent for this, too. Like when um, we Fair State made that, um, was that Universe beer, whatever that they did, they did it with Modern Times, right, down in L.A. And that was a big deal to get that brewery in. And that that collab beer that they still make, uh, you know, won at that time. So I think it makes sense. Now, now that we've awarded that, let's do jump right into the brewery of the year. This is a big award. People actually care about it a tiny bit, which is kind of exciting. Uh, I'm going to list them off. Junkyard, Falling Knife, Blackstack, Modest, Fair State, Portage. Um, the new ones on this list is Portage. That's the only new one. The other ones have either won or been nominated before. So it's a lot of these places that continue to crush. But which of these I'm breweries have the first. best year for themselves? And maybe, I'll, maybe I'll steal the thunder. I'm wearing yeah, a Portage hat right now. And I would love for Portage to win this award. I don't think their year was big enough. Mm-hmm. I don't think they've quite gotten the um, statewide notoriety that they deserve. And I feel like we'll eventually, will eventually get. They deserve. It's not quite there yet. I think it has to be Falling Knife. I think Falling Knife has released killer beer after killer beer. I've rarely had something from there where I was like, not quite what I was expecting. Um, a lot of the yeah. beers I expect from like Blackstack and, and Modest, um, some of them are retreads. I'm not saying they're bad, especially Fair State. A lot of them are like, we already made mm-hmm. this one. Eric and I drank one on the last podcast, Mr. Falcon. We're going to play the hits again. Does that mean, you know, they deserve the Nordy? I don't really think so. But I think Falling Knife kind of being the newer kid on the block and continuing to release good stuff, yeah. uh, that's my nominee. Ooh, we're going to have a lot to fight about here because um, you gave two, and my two that I want to talk about are neither of those two. I think that the two best breweries in Minnesota um, have now proven it for a few years, and they continue to do so this year. I think it's Blackstack and Modest are the mm-hmm. two best in the entire state. Um, I yeah. really like a lot of these other ones, and that's fun trying beers from them. Uh, but consistently... The releases from Modest and Blackstack are good, and they're releasing so many beers every single week. They're just doing it at a level um, that's more on on a scale with Surly, uh, but while still feeling like they're small, local, and accessible. And um, being way more delicious than Surly. I agree. I think that um, if I had to pick, 
I think I would probably go with Modest again. I probably have picked Modest like four years in a row. I really think yeah. they're the cream of the crop in the state of Minnesota. I think they're the best example. Um, they do things right politically. Um, they do things right with their tap room. They do things right with their beer. I just think they're the best example. And if I had one place to yeah, bring someone I, from I totally out of agree state, with that. And let me just around. interject real quick, Jimbo, since you're kind okay. of the deciding vote here. The only thing I would say against Blackstack is a little bit, again, and we've talked about this before, is the lack of diversity. Where, like, if you go to their tap room, it's like, oh, we got a triple mm-hmm. uh, double dry hopped IPA that's at 10.5%. And we've got a double, double dry hopped IPA that's at 94 And then we have our local 775, which is at mm-hmm. 7.3. And, and it's all, like, lots of, like, heavy, thick, corrosive you know, IPAs that are all very good. Um, I, I agree. But they've diversified so they have, much. They have. Black Sack has did. diversified a ton. But they have they great did. sours now. They have great yeah. stouts now. The sour program there was a game changer but, but, for them. That's yeah, kind it of was. Crazy. None of those beers. None that, of those that, beers I can get that. List. So, you guys. So that's all I'm saying. So, Falling Knife did have a couple. Now, I guess I'll be the deciding vote, which feels great. I'll tell you this. This award is, is the reason I like our format is because it's not the best brewery in the state. It's not. It's the, who had the best year. And Modest, to me, had an average year, which was fucking amazing. They're always great. Um, same with Fair State. Same with Black Sack. I think that they had maybe above average years even. But to me, Falling Knife has arrived. And if there's a time for them to win this and join this club, I think it's this year. They this were so the good. And they released so many beers. And they released so many great beers. This is a repeat of last year when Modest should have won it. And you guys were like, Lupulin had such a great year. They released so many beers. And then after the fact, we were all like, you know what? We could give it to Modest every single year. Maybe we will next year. But to this year, Falling next Knife year, has we'll joined be, the club. It will be the next next group trying to be the next Modest. I tell you what, if Lupulin and Falling Knife are not nominated for a Nordy next year, I'll believe you and we'll pick one of the classics. But I believe that one of those two will be on the list again. This, is, this hurts this is Eric, dude. His face right Justin now is Jefferson not a happy camper. The Vikings <laughs> last season when he wanted Dalvin Cook. Yeah. And then when he has a much better year this year, we pick him again. We might pick Falling Knife next year again. We don't know. Dude, they had the biggest year that they ever could have, dude. They are now completely well-respected in the they entire beer scene. They are what Blackstack was when we from this year. For- what, do you, what do you like the about nice their taps? Uh... <laughs> I haven't been there. <laughs> Just saying, it doesn't matter. Story. It doesn't matter. Their beers are everywhere and they're awesome. What what was the last time you went to Modest? I love here? it. I like our pick, Ryan. I could have been talking a few different things, but when I saw the chance to sure. give it when to Falling Knife, went, I took it. When was the last time you went to Modest tap? I thought you were going to. More yeah, than any other tap room. That's, I have a that's gift not what I asked. Right I didn't ask if you had a fucking gift, card. A gift card. I said, when was the last time you went there? <laughs> I don't know. More recently me, than anywhere else instance, other than Thursday? Like July? <laughs> November. Oh, that's pretty good. I think that was probably my most recent place too. All right. Um, let's keep rolling. We gotta do restaurant. This is usually a pretty quick one. Um, there wasn't, I feel like, a really amazing brand new Northeast restaurant that would just be like, this is a shoe-in. Except for Stepchild, which I think is great. Maybe not on the level for us as high high or um you know, past winter, young Joni, but you know, we're trying to give it to usually a newer place, right? So we have stepchild, we have Josefina, 
uh, Vivir, which is in Northeast, Rectangle Pizza, Bibizito, or Beludo. I mean, this isn't all, this is a banger list of new spots. I like all six of these places. I'll go first. Um, been to all six, loved all six. Um, I try to be a. Let me uh, go, Eric. Let me go first on this because I don't want to end it. Come back to me to end up picking. Okay. 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 I'm going to go first and I'm going to pick Josefina because I love it. It's not in Northeast, but it's a fantastic spot. They have pizza. They have awesome food. Um, that's what I'm going with. We can let, we can pass it on to you guys. So one of you have a deciding vote if it comes to that. I think that we are men of the people and, uh, the most accessible spots are usually my favorite kind of food places that I, everyone can eat at. You don't have to wait to get in. You don't have to get reservations. The food is perfect and ready-made all the time. Um, my favorite place to go this year was Malcolm Yards. I mm. thought it was the spot in the Twin Cities. It has like 10 different restaurants, a really cool bar. It's an amazing space. They yeah. had a few of these places in it, and they're my two finalists. Rectangle Pizza, Detroit-style pizza. They've yeah. got a spot at Malcolm Yards. They have a spot at um, North, in the North Loop. Yeah. Um, Zito, they're in in uh, Uptown, and they're in um, Malcolm Yards Malcolm as Yards, well. Yeah. Uh, they got the, some of the best ice cream. They've got my favorite burger currently in the Twin Cities, um, or at least it's right there with maybe like Parlor. Mm-hmm. Those are my two favorite places. I think Bebezito was my spot of the year. And I know it's I crazy. It. And they have ice cream. They have ice, ice cream and burgers. Probably, I mean, with great burgers, great chips. I I think it was the one place that I was like the most excited to try to go out and get their food. I did the same with Beludo. I did the same with a couple of these places. Um, but that would be my pick, Bebezito. And I know it's like not the normal kind of pick for us. I, I love it. I would be psyched if that won the Nordy. Ryan, I tried any you know, which of these have you tried? Do you have a strong opinion here? I literally tried none of them. Oh. <laughs> and so the two All right. that, you like, base Okay, so I'm just going to base this on visuals alone, but I will not be the deciding vote. Will not be putting my thumb on the scale, if you will. But the two, based on the okay. like the foods that I think look the best are rectangle pizza and the burger from Bebezito. And that I had that in my head long before Eric said that it was not the power of yeah. suggestion. Those would be my two picks, just based on the food that I like, based on right. what it looks like on the. So you guys can duke it out. Okay. Um, you, you guys have, I didn't have a crazy strong opinion on this. Eric has entirely swayed me. Um, I think when you look at like branding and the things they're doing for the city and the impact they've had, um, if it's going to be baby Zito, I couldn't be more thrilled. I'm going to. Okay. I love that. I'm psyched on that actually. Okay, great. All right. So now we're going to jump back over to TV. Um, we're going to do the, we got a new category animated TV shows because now there's so many adult animated shows that are so fucking good. It's like, where do you put them? We needed to make a new category and I'm glad we did. Um, okay, here we go. Here's our nominees for TV animated of the year. Arcane on Netflix. I know where Ryan's going with this. Invincible from Amazon. What if on Disney plus bad batch on Disney plus love and robots season two on Netflix and big mouth. It continues to be a very well-respected comedy, probably the most well-respected like animated comedy uh also on netflix um i can be convinced between two of them i don't think i want to start here um ryan do you want to make your case for what i'm well, guessing is going Eric, to be Eric, do you have any opinion on any of these shows <laughs> go for whatsoever it. yeah maybe we get his his opinion <clears throat> let's not waste the people's time arcane is the pick okay i agree i could be convinced of of invincible 
I loved it. I was like dying to see what was going to happen next, but a lot of it was not that watchable too. Like it had incredible, surprising, shocking, amazing, violent moments. And that was cool. But I think, I think Arcane was was too good. JK Simmons, the JK Simmons, um, does a really good job of carrying like yep. one of the main roles. And then like his son is pretty good. Like the girlfriend is insufferable. Yeah. yeah. Steven, Steven, Steven Han or Zahn, yeah, whatever. Walking Dead. Yoon, Steven Yoon. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but like the girlfriend mm-hmm. is insufferable. Like some of the one-off like bad guys are just sort of like, okay. I think Arcane. Yeah. It was a one storyline show with, with, with a, like, lot a lot of bad value. I feel like Arcane yeah was like more of a well-rounded yep. story where you have people that start out the show at one age through the first three episodes and then they age age them up. And it's all about this like video game that you don't need to know anything mm-hmm. about. An incredible story of like bad guys and good guys and no. bad girls and, and good girls and and like the and switching from bad to good and out, like mind-blowingly good. I think it's arcane without question. Yeah. I agree that it's arcane. Um, what an accomplishment. By the way, not only was Haley Seinfeld in it, who is like on top of the world nominated, it was the perfect length. The animation was 10 times what the animation on any of these other shows was. So even if you didn't care about any of it and just loved like great video game cutscenes, just for the hell of it, this was a visual like, treat. I feel like you, wanted, to, you um, wanted it to be Love it, okay, so. And then like throughout the week, you realized like, just how much better arcane was and that's not a slight on invincible because i think they were both very good shows like fantastic um but like invincible is like a b plus and arcane is like a solid a yep i i couldn't agree more um i like that category that that's a fun one so all right we are going to save tv drama for the end and best and movie of the year for the end okay so we are going to knock out TV comedy of the year at this point. A lot of fucking strong contenders here. This is a really fun category. We, I think we watched all these shows. Like, I think all of us watched all of them. Um, TV comedy of the year. Let's go. Only Murders in the Building. New show. Season one. Hulu. Um, Ted Lasso. This is a fan favorite. This is a listener favorite on Apple+. Plus. Dave. Our guy Dave Bird back on FX. Um, FX continues to dominate comedy, by the way, because they also have Reservation Dogs. And what we do in the shadows, which as far as like laugh out loud, hilarious stuff that's on. And then, of course, we have Curb. Curb Enthusiasm is back in a big way. Another great season on HBO. Um, some honorable mentions here, which we, we did go into uh, just when we did. I would put McGruber in if I could win. But, you know, that probably wouldn't even have made it past the, the selection committee. So that ain't going to happen. Um, and I think you I should think leave, I think, is another. Yeah, another fantastic you know, nomination SNL would probably be on there, but we're trying to be exciting and who had the best year. Right. So SNL has a great year every year. Who cares? Um, all right. I mean, who wants to, who wants to pick? I, I guess I don't have my pick right now. I don't I really have a pick here. I thought what we do in the shadows had one of their best seasons, if not their best season. Um, mm-hmm. Curb is always great. I don't know if it's ever good enough to win this award. Great. But yeah. I like it every year. Um, I think it, Ted Lasso season two was much worse than season one but it was still really good. I, yeah. I think the two that I'm feeling like it's coming down to in my mind are only murders in the building on Hulu, Dave on FX. Um, my initial reaction was Dave because it ended so strong, but I do I remember that we were quite like in the wilderness with Dave for 
for a good chunk Most of people wouldn't have even gotten to those episodes. Little, I wouldn't have blamed anybody like for quitting after episode like three. Mr. Robot so so you made a great season. Where you're like, what, what are we doing here? Like after the first three episodes, like especially the first two yeah. episodes where you're like, what is going on? And then like three, like kind of brought you back in a little bit. And then eventually like you got right. back into like that Dave feel. And I, th- I think it just took a little bit too long to get there. I'm excited for this category next year where we're going to get like search party. We're going to get um, Atlanta. I mean, we're going to have amazing nominees next year, but for this year, I if think I pick right now, I think we're going to pick only murders in the building. I am too. I can't believe it. I would, I mean, for for me, second is what we do in the shadows, just because for a show that's like truly laugh out loud, funny, that nails it. Um, Reservation Dogs is brilliant. Let's see what they do with like, have an amazing season three where we all are enthralled that that could win. Yeah. I mean, for me, start to finish it being like consistently entertaining. I think only murders in the building can win, which is kind of crazy, but some of our favorite shows didn't necessarily have like the best seasons either. So Ryan's pissed. Ryan, you can make me change. We haven't picked Shadows has been building to this (laughs) crescendo. Right. Of like, we finally have like a storyline that's kind of like weaving mm-hmm. its way through. Like, the finale absolutely fucking crushed it. Like, you watched Only Murders in the Building as like entertainment in the background. And like, if you missed a little bit, it didn't really matter. Oh, Mrs. Jenkins is pissed on level six. But like, what we do in the shadows like actually had stuff that was like going on <laughs> while being funny at the same time. And I feel like Taika and Jermaine Clement, and all of the actors and actresses on what we do in the shadows, like the CG was on a different level this season. I feel yeah. like it upped this game, like to give it to like only murders in the building feels weak to me. Like that feels like a, that feels like a, sh- that feels like a show that like, I it was cute, it was quaint and we liked it, but like <laughs> shadows was definitely the better of the two. Like if you had to rewatch one of those seasons, you'd definitely rewatch what we do in those. Fuck. You All right. completely changed my mind. What we do in the shadows wins. I agree. <laughs> I, I liked Only Murders, but I didn't laugh a lot at Only Murders. I liked it because it was cute. This was the funnier okay. show. I think you're right. I, I've got to change my vote. I do. The passion came through, and I think you picked up on us I being kind of wishy-washy, <laughs> and you've convinced me 100%. WWTids is going to walk away with this thing. All right, so now that we've talked about that was well done, man. That was well done, and you're absolutely right. Um, you know, like you said, just also probably the funniest show. Um, all right, so now that we've given out a couple of these awards, we got to do network of the year. So most of these are streaming at this point. Um, HBO Max, Hulu, Netflix, Disney Plus, Amazon, Apple. You know the contenders. Um, these are your main ones. You know, FX could probably be on there, but FX goes to Hulu. So consider that, please. partnership. I'll go first. I think I know. I think I know what mine is. I think um, I know. You guys are on the Hulu jock. but I, okay. I really feel like HBO. No, 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 no. Not necessarily. No, no, because you guys take shots at us here when we just went with them on You guys literally worked so hard to fight against them. But I really feel like HBO Max and HBO is the network that's putting out the best shit. Yeah, Hulu may have some like high points. Netflix may have some high points, but I really feel like consistent HBO is crushing it across the. Um, 
I agree. For me, it's HBO Max. Edge is out Disney Plus, actually. Um, to me, I'm going to ba- base it more on original content, not necessarily like what's convenient that they're buying from other other places, right? Like, you know, without HBO Max, we wouldn't have these HBO Max shows. Um, and, you know, Disney Plus, we wouldn't have any TV from Disney without it. I get that. But last year they won based off of the strength of Mandalorian. This no, year, Netflix won for Did it? Pandemic. So year Disney Netflix Plus still hasn't won? No, I don't think Disney Plus had a very good I don't think uh, so either. I mean, they they rolled out this Marvel. It should have been so incredible. A lot of people watched it, and they got a lot of money from it. But were any of these shows A+. Plus? No, um, nothing no, was A+. No, I don't think so. Year. I didn't think any network deserved this except for HBO. Okay. I actually thought it was a pretty bad year for most of them. Um, qual- quantity show over quality show for a lot of these streaming services. I think HBO is the easy picture. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just... Nothing is even in the vicinity. Yeah. I think it's also funny that Apple TV has not figured anything out. They have nothing really worth watching. And then Netflix had a really poor year. Like, dude, how many times are you going to go in there and see like almost nothing to watch? Witcher came out, which I think people are enjoying, but it's a little bit yeah. too little too late for them. Yeah. HBO Max uh, has to win this thing. The Once again, pointing back to our, um, sorry, our earlier discussion on uh HBO Max acquiring 45 million subscribers and that type of revenue going back, like hopefully going like yeah. right back into the machine to be able to continue to make banger product after banger product. Like if Lord of the Rings was coming out on HBO Max, I would be yeah. 54 times more excited than I am with it coming out on Amazon, but it is what it is. So yeah, dude, Amazon had like a ridiculously bad year. They spent all their money on a show that none of us even are, are still watching. I mean, that, Circle of Time failed, in my opinion, which is crazy like, that's how, that that happened that's to them. How, that's, how bad, that's how bad the show was. That What's you it called? Wheel of Time? Who cares? Nobody even knows the name of this. It's literally, I've never had a sound machine that does a better job of putting me to sleep. It's wild. Yeah. All right. Let's get into some sports ones, okay? You guys ready? We're going to knock out, what, three sports awards before we get into our final two biggest of the year, which is movie and TV drama, Okay. So let's start with Athlete of the Year. In a positive note, we have some good nominees here, I feel like. This is going to be a little bit depressing, isn't it? But let's go. We got Towns, Reynoso, Polanco, Anthony Edwards, Justin Jefferson, and Kirill. Keep it real, Kaprizov. So you guys are the sports dudes. I I mean, I don't want to be the deciding vote, so let me go second on all these. How about that, okay? I'm going to go second on all of them. Ant, and then who was the other one right before that? And Justin Jefferson. Like... I feel like Justin Jefferson, Jefferson, Jefferson right now is a bigger deal yeah, um, by a little bit over Ant. And then I think Ant, just based on league uh, visibility only, is a bigger deal than Kaprizov. So that, w- that would be where I rank yeah. them. Um, in terms of who had the better Yep. Huh? Ant's not even the biggest player on his own team, though. Ant's not even the biggest player yeah, on his own team. We're talking about who had the best year. Right. Biggest or best, best, right. Who's the biggest name on their team. Um, mm-hmm. I think, oh man, he had another good year. I think it, I think it has to go to Justin Jefferson. Um, but I could be convinced if someone wants to make the argument that it's Anthony Edwards and I wouldn't be upset. I wouldn't be upset if I was convinced that that's the, the correct thing. Okay. Renoso and Polanco rounded out the top six. They're not in it. Edwards is the second best player on the Timberwolves. He averages fewer points, fewer rebounds fewer blocks, and he has a much lower PER than Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. Towns didn't play enough games. It's Kaprizov and Jefferson. 
Jefferson was our pick last year. You motherfuckers jumped the gun oh, whoa, a year. Whoa, whoa. He's had a much better year this year. Coach had a much worse year this year. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You were just a year too soon. Cook had ten more touchdowns than him last year. This year, this year Jefferson's going to have between fifteen and twenty-five more receptions. And the record, the record is almost year. identical. He's going to have about two hundred more yards. He's going to have two to four more. <laughs> I'm just saying, we've had one seventeen touchdown guy in the past like ten years, and we didn't go with him. Jefferson's the guy, back-to-back champs. And uh, I feel yeah. I feel like I knew we were going to be here. Just Twelve months ago, I was like, next year when we pick Jefferson, we're going to know that we were a year too soon. So Jefferson is who you guys both picked. I'm going to go with Towns, but he didn't. No, I'm just kidding. Obviously, I'm good with Jefferson. That sounds fantastic. That's who I would have picked as well. I know you guys maybe thought I was going to go make this big case for Ant, but he's not that good yet. He's too young. He needs to figure it out. The year that he arrives, and like, if ever it comes a time when people are talking about him having an MVP season, boom. He's a shoe in. All right. Rookie of the year. Only two nominees, really. I mean, there's Ant or there's Kaprizov. So now we have to pick between the two of them. You know where my my heart is. It's with Ant. I'm going to throw it to you guys to argue about this. I could see how Kaprizov has a bigger impact than his team, and they're better, and they're winning more games, and they're um, you know, more relevant I in mean, the league and all those things. But well, I'll, I'll throw it to you guys. Rookie of the year. It's going to come down to Ryan. It's going to come down to Ryan. Because yeah. you pick- I'm picking Kaprizov. I'm making Ryan go last. Kaprizov yeah. won won the Rookie of the Year for the NHL. I understand he is a bigger deal, but he's backed it up more this year than Jeff than than Edwards has. He's like in the top, well, I don't know, five six in points in the whole league. Um, Edwards yeah. is like twenty first in points. I yeah, mean, he's like, not right. He's not good enough. In yet. our league, it's Kaprizov. He's he's the better player. He did win the Rookie of the Year. He is older, which is a little sketchier. Like. Edwards is young. He's what, 20 years old and Kaprizov's 24. I mean, they're not, it's hard to compare them. Either is a fine pick with me. I'm not going to fight either way. Uh, I'd pick Kaprizov. No, I he's a, agree he's with Eric. A French top I was 10 go player in the NHL. Is Kaprizov because, and, and it's again, okay. not a slight at Ant. Yeah. It's because Kaprizov struggled a little bit early in this. And so did the wild. And then when he got going with like assists and goals, the wild skyrocketed to first place in the NHL, not just the West, not the East. Um, and as he goes, so go the wild. And I think Ant is slightly less integral to mm-hmm. the T-Wolves uh, than Kaprizov is to the wild. He's he's the third biggest impact player on his own team. I mean, we can't win games without D'Lo. So that just says where he's at. And I get it. I, I, I want him to win some years. It ain't this year. Um, Kaprizov is clearly the, the right pick. Okay, Minnesota team. Kind of a sad year for Minnesota teams. There's not one that's like, well, the Twins won the World Series. This one's a sh- open shut case. I don't even know which teams made the playoffs. I I don't know, guys. Uh, you know what teams we, we have. I don't need to list the I don't nominees. Think any team what do we do? In Minnesota deserves. I don't think they deserve our vote at all. Do oh, they, that would be name, funny. Name, name a team that deserves. Name a team that deserves. That our would vote. Be, <laughs> I didn't know that was an option, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> we have I, nothing has felt more right than your comment right there. I agree. We can't put a winner up. Minnesota sports suck. It's not Minnesota sports team of the year is no sports team. Wow. Do you do you disagree Fuck though? Like, is there that's, a team that's, that deserves? That's my favorite thing that's ever happened on the pod. Team of the year? No. 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 The only ones in the conversation are the Wild or the or go for football. I mean, that's the only ones like we can even consider and. One of them lost to Bowling Green. The other one's on a five-game losing streak to end the year. 
And if they if they do anything of value, it's going to be in 2022, and they'll get it next year. That's what we call a vote of no a vote of no confidence. All right, that's beautiful. That's my favorite thing that's ever happened. And also a sad state of affairs Uh, for where Minnesota sports are in uh, 2021, moving into 2020. All right, you guys. This now we're about to do some of the things we talk about the very most that fill our content, that fill our listeners' ears with joy. We're going to do movie of the year, followed by our last award of the night which is going to be TV drama. Movies of the year. Let's go. Shang-Chi, Spider-Man, No Way Home, Bond, No Time to Die, Dune, Power of the Dog, and The Suicide Squad. I have seen all these movies. Um, I'm going to go ahead and vote right now, and I'm going to do Spider-Man, No Way Home to win it all. Um, It was one of my favorite viewing experiences. I've seen it twice in the theater. Almost never happens. Um... I fucking loved Bond, and I really loved Dune, and I loved Shang-Chi. I mean, these are great movies. We wouldn't have picked them if we hadn't. Um, but, I mean, talk about, like, an impact. And for the MCU, they maybe were on a bit of a down down slope. Like, if you think about Black Widow not having a huge impact in the box office or in the culture, um, if you look at Shang-Chi doing okay, kind of Eternals kind of Eternals bombing. Bombed. They needed, like, a massive win. And I think this was a Eternals bombed. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even see it and it didn't get nominated. So for me, that's my pick, but you know, that's, that's just me. So it's up to you guys. What do you think? I think I know what Eric might pick. So my pick is Dune and here's why I feel like there were a lot like a much, it it was much significantly riskier film than Spider-Man No Way Home. And I feel like Mm -hmm. the cast in Dune was spectacular. I feel like, the cinematography, the filming, the soundtrack, like everything in Dune was phenomenal. It wasn't formulaic like some of the superhero movies can mm-hmm. be. And that is not a knock on superhero movies because that's why we love them is because they're, they're consistent. They know right. what we love superhero and movies. they play the we hits. Get it. And I totally get it. I thought if I, if I have to choose between Chalamet and Tom Holland starring in a movie that I'm directing, I'm picking Chalamet all day. I feel like, but then the, the, the other argument to that is like, well, if mm-hmm. you're going to take Rebecca Ferguson, then I'm going to take Zendaya all day and then we cancel each other out. I feel like Dune had a lot more at stake um, for a first half of a book than Spider-Man did. And I really, uh, I don't think I would have picked Spider-Man even if I had seen it. But let's be fully transparent. I did not see Spider-Man. So, um but my pick is still due. Yep. For the guys, last I've thought about minutes. this so many times. Okay. Yeah. No, no. For like, for like the last month, I've been beating myself up over this too. I have been thinking about this question more than pretty much anything for about a month now. Yeah. And I think that there's three movies that I feel are uh, superior to all other movies this year. My three favorite movies were Bond, No Time to Die, Dune, and Spider-Man: yep. No Way Home. I thought those it were was, the let's be honest. Movies. It's between those three. Yep. Those three to me. I loved each one of them. Like, like I will probably own all three can of them. I, can I make I like one argument? Okay. $30 each Dune? digitally. Love it. Sure. sure. I, well, no, no, no. Was that It's Eric the only of the three you saw. Intentionally so. went and found <laughs> additional information about the world of Dune and watched like another 30-minute video after he watched it, because he wanted to know. He wanted to make sure he understood. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which so is cool. Nothing, yeah. 
literally nothing you guys can say will change my mind. I've thought about it that much. Okay. Wow. Great. These are very close, um, but this is my final ranking of the best movie of the year. And I loved all of them. Um, number three for me is, is Spider-Man No Way Home. It was oh, amazing. Fuck. One of the best Marvel movies, but it comes in third place. This is going to take a minute. This is going to take a minute. Let's go. It leaves it to the final two, Bond, No Time to Die, and Dune. And either of these, to me, would be a great choice for the best movie. Um, I think my favorite thing was that Bond was the movie that I'd been the most excited to see for two years. And right. it it probably exceeded my insanely high expectation. Wrapping up one of the great um, movie series that I've ever seen. Maybe behind Harry Potter, my fa- second favorite movie series ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I was obsessed with every second of it. I thought it was incredible. Um, they're neck mm-hmm. and neck. I think Dune is my number one pick. I loved both of them so much, um, but Dune was so beautifully directed. The acting was incredible. The cast was one of the, the best I've ever seen in a movie that wasn't like a joke movie. And I can't wait for more Dune. Um, no Way Home, or I'm sorry, No Time to Die was incredible. The stunts were insane. And I don't know if they could have landed the plane any better um, than they did. Uh, but I, I think I'm going with Dune, which would make Dune our overall win. That's a beautiful thing. And if you guys think I'm going to like pout, I'm not. I loved all three of these movies. The only one I would have had a little bit of trouble with is Bond. Um, I loved it. I mean, and, and think about it. Like, I thought that this was going to be the shoe in, but somehow it's maybe because of COVID or whatever. It sort of came and went a little bit without having as big of an impact as you'd think. I feel like Dune had a massive impact on, on yeah. culture and everybody talked about it. And obviously Spider-Man did, but it's also still kind of fresh. So, dude, I couldn't be happier with Dune. Um, we picked essentially a one-off art house movie. I think it's really, really cool, but it's big as can be. Um, fantastic pick. I'm, I love it. TV drama of the year. All right. So we talk a lot of TV. Um, I believe we all watched all these shows, which is kind of cool. Makes it easier. Let's go. Squid Game, Netflix. Everybody fucking watched it. Fantastic show. Did you actually, Eric? Maybe didn't watch this one, but I think you tried. I watched half of it. You watched a little bit of it, Ryan. You watched it. I don't think it's going to win, anyways. Let's keep moving. All right. (laughs) All right. We got Loki, Disney Plus. Absolutely, we all loved the show. White Lotus on HBO Max. Uh, Mayor of East Town on HBO Max. (laughs) Succession on HBO Max. Hmm. I wonder why they won uh, Network of the Year. Yeah. Really weird. And then we got WandaVision. So, you know, I think out of the Marvel shows, WandaVision and Loki were the best. Um, I don't know that I have my pick right now, which is kind of crazy. You would have thought, I think I would have thought about this already, but I haven't. Um, Maybe I do. Maybe I do. Who wants to go first? Eric, you go ahead. I love all these shows. Okay. I'm really struggling with this one. Um, I I find myself coming to three shows. Um, Disney Plus is Loki. Um, HBO Max is Mare of Easttown. And HBO Max is Succession. I thought that those were the three best shows of the year. Um, mm. I thought that they all were so intriguing and interesting. I thought they all were full of great acting. Um, but when I really think about the show that captivated me the most this year, it was Succession. And I think that it was mostly because the acting was the best that I've seen on television, at least in a long time. Um, the people that we wanted to put up for awards were a lot of the people from Succession. Mm-hmm. And I just think it is uh, absolutely essential must-watch show that had uh, an elite season. Um, if it went to Loki or Mare of Easttown, I would be cool with that too. I loved White Lotus, but it was only six episodes. 
Um, WandaVision had kind of a hokey finish. Um, I, I guess those agree. are my reasons for not including those, but I don't I would know. Agree. This one was I'll this is hard. Squid Game. It's very hard, and I'm psyched to go last. the list. Um, not, not because they were bad. I just don't think they live up to the rest okay, of them. Okay, I'm good with that. Um, I would also take White Lotus off the list, even though I want to, like, I want to scream the show from the rooftops, right, for all the peasants to watch because it's really good. Uh, but at the same time, like, mm-hmm. is it really, like, show of the year contender? Maybe not. It would, it would if win we that had a limited question. series category, it'd be a shoe-in, um, right? I, we don't. I agree with Eric's sentiments on Mayor of Easttown. Yeah. Um, I feel like, while a really good show, um, I, I don't know. I, I, think it's, I, I think it's Succession. and Succession will, or Loki. The, Succession or listen, Loki. I will be the first to admit I was a staunch oh. Succession hater initially. Until I started watching it. And like I feel like the show has only gotten better if the only yeah. downside is that nothing really ever happens. And again, it's it's like a an adult it's like a nine PM on Sunday soap opera and that the plot moves like an inch mm-hmm. every week. So, oh, it's the greatest uh, soap opera that's I, I ever it, I been created, I promise. Well I, I love mean, it Loki. Is. Um, it definitely had some points where you're like, Okay, uh what are we doing? Um, I think succession well, since How To with John Wilson can't win this, um, I understand that Succession has won. I probably was going to vote for Loki. Do you guys remember do. Loki? Do you remember the experience of watching Loki? Do you remember every single fucking week of appointment viewing of like, what? how are they going to change the shit that we've dedicated half our fucking lives to every week? Do you remember having um, like... S- serious big movie and film actors all sharing a small show. That would be my pick. I have no problem giving it up to succession. As far as production, I don't know when a show has nailed it. If this consistently, I mean, every single thing about the show is perfect, except for maybe it's a little bit safe. Um, They know that everybody loves the actors. They know that people love when they do business things and talk about the business stuff. They get it. They know what works, and they're going to keep doing it. Um, so they don't want to—they don't want to so send anybody good. to jail. They don't want to kill anybody. They don't want to get anybody divorced. So um, it's like I think that more change happens within normal families, which is a little different than usually. It's like ramped up for TV. Um, but what a fucking show! I mean, I cannot hate on it. For me, it's Loki. It's okay that Succession wins. I'm very happy with it. Uh, it's a an amazing show. The hottest of hot wrecks. It's my number two show of the year. I feel great about it, boys. So we went. Did we all go Loki and Succession as our top two? Yep. I think that's. I think that's correct. Yeah, which is great. I love to see that. I think that's correct. With probably like Mayor of Easttown as three. Yeah. They're tied for. I would probably put White Lotus above Mayor of Easttown personally. White Lotus was way more fun, man. Mayor of Easttown was like it was a bit of a slog. Uh, I mean, great deserves the nom. Um, I would have put White Lotus above it, actually. But yeah, look at that. We did it. Do you guys feel good? Wow. What are you pissed I'm about? Tired. Eric's tired. pissed about brewery. I'm not. I'm not pissed about anything. Okay. I agree with him. It's always fun. I like all these places. I like all the things that we do and we talk about. It's always a great celebration of another great year of podcasting with you guys and uh, to all the listeners who help and are interested in the things and listen to our recs and tell us when we're wrong and make fun of us for our stupid takes. We appreciate all of you guys. And whenever we do the Nordies and we joke around about how big of a deal it is, it really is just like 
trying to remember an awesome year, hanging out with you guys, hanging out with all of our listeners, and uh, just like diving into the coolest and nerdiest and most fun things and the most frustrating things of every single year. So it's been fun. It's been a pleasure. And I stand behind firmly all of our choices. I love all of them. And I will, I, I firmly represent them all. Great job, guys. All right, guys, that's it. That's all the time we have. Thank you guys for hanging with us in all 2021. We can't wait to talk 2022 next week. We know we're a few days behind, but cut us a break. It's been a fucking pandemic. Um, We will be giving you guys some suggestions on uh, things that we're going to be watching and things we're going to be looking out for in 2022. Um, But other than that, go back, check out our sports cast. We bury the Vikings once and for all. It's officially over. We talk about a couple other things that you need to know in Minnesota sports. Um, But thank you guys for hanging out with us this week on the Nordies podcast.